follower of Jesus. It's the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd. Welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature. And if this is the first time you've been with us, you lucked out because we're talking today about the most popular thing probably in the history of the world. Happiness and how to be happy and the uh, ways we are tricked into doing things that take our happiness away. All right? Is that interesting at all? Okay. Um, I, think a, I think a lot of people's problem with happiness is that they have the wrong definition. Just about every poll that has been done in the last 50 years to determine uh, what is the most important thing to people, what do they want most, you know, that sort of thing. Almost every single one of those and, and I try to read them or check on at least all of them as they come out year after year after year. But the great majority of those, the results are that people want happiness more than anything else. And the problem is that instead of that, we are becoming more and more stressed, more and more anxious. Anxiety is the issue of the age, alright? Um, more separated from other people uh, because I'm looking at screens or work or bigger houses or whatever, alright, and less and less happy. We're living longer, but while we live longer, we're getting sicker more often and less and less happy. Okay. Um, let me start by reading the, uh, the most popular treaties in the history of the world on happiness. This was written by Jesus. Uh, it's in Matthew 5, often called the Beatitudes. All right? And what you may not know is that in, in some translations it says, Blessed are... But in some other translations, it says, happy are, all right? And actually, in this language, those are kind of synonyms of each other. You could use either one. Uh, now, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version, which tries to kind of build the Greek into the passage, all right? So I will read that um, to give you an idea of that. Uh, and I, I enjoy the Amplified for that reason. But here we go. Matthew 5, starting verse 2. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed. And then in parentheses, here's the definition. Happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation regardless of your outward conditions. That's the definition of blessed happy. 
that Jesus is saying here. Okay, so blessed or happy are the poor in spirit, the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed and enviably happy, and now in parentheses, the definition, with a happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of His matchless grace in parentheses. So blessed and enviably happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So you're hurting about something. Blessed, next one. Uh, definition in parentheses. Happy, blissome, joyous, prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor. And again, regardless of your outward conditions, are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I think the definitions are the same, so I'm going to skip the definition just now. Blessed and happy and fortunate and spiritually prosperous are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be completely satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed and happy and enviably fortunate and spiritually prosperous are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account. And then the next verse, when all of this stuff happens, and almost all of it that he says here hurts, be glad and supremely joyful. Okay, we've had the definition of happiness wrong. We believe that happiness is happy birthday to you, and then I open the present, and and it's what I wanted, yay! Or that happiness is, oh, honey, I got a raise today, $10,000 more a year, woohoo! Or, I won the tournament, I grew up in athletics, woo! Or... Uh, we had a baby. Now that's a much better one, okay, but woo! Alright, so the definition is I'm happy when I can make my circumstances the way I want them, which is seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. And we grow up in a paradigm of pleasure equals good, pain equals bad, when in reality, once we're an adult, Often pleasure equals bad and pain equals good. Studies say we don't change as people. We don't grow as a person in my character and integrity and relationships unless I experience some pain that makes me want to grow and willing to go through the pain of change. Okay? So pain is really what inspires me all my life to try hard and improve myself and help people around me. Except we equivalent, we, we define pain as being unhappy. Don't we? Don't you? Don't you 
define basically pain as being unhappy and pleasure as being happy, it's a lie. And if you live by that definition, your life is going to come to destruction. Your health, um, your happiness, your relationships, etc. Because the basic thing that society tends to believe is I'm happy when I get what I want. Well, that by definition is selfish. What's in it for me? The only true happiness comes from internal love. What's in it for me is the opposite of love. So if I'm living by what's in it for me and controlling and getting the circumstances I want in life, I've just chosen the path of fear in my life, not love, and it's going to lead me to being unhappy not happy. The path to happiness is the path of pain, the path of truth, the path of love, even if love hurts. And it always does sooner or later. When you sign up for love, you're signing up for pain. If you're in that relationship long enough, you will experience some pain. You think that's an accident? It's not. That's what grows the love. And, and I've been traveling around teaching for about 15 years now, and in a lot of the groups, not all of them, but in a lot of the groups uh, I've taught, I've asked people to raise their hand if they were a veteran, and then again if they'd been injured in battle or something like that. And I would ask them a couple of questions, and I would do this with my private clients as well that I knew were veterans. Um, if you were injured or traumatized, have PTSD now, you know, something like that, would you go back and do it again? Would you go back to that war again if it was your choice? If I don't want to go, I don't have to go. And virtually 100% of them say, um, sorry, my phone's going off. Uh, virtually 100% of them would say, well, of course not. I mean, this is kind of ruined my life. Of course I wouldn't go back to that. But then they would pause. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got to ask you a question first, they say to me. Okay, what? Well, are you saying that if I don't go back to war, that I will not have the friends from war that I have today and have had ever since that war? And I would say, well... Yeah, I guess so, because you probably never would have met them. Then they say, then I would choose to go back. No matter what the pain, I would never give up this friend or these friends. Those guys and ladies who've been in foxholes together, they are closer than brothers. The great majority of them for life. And if they are ever in need, that's who they call. And if that person's ever in need, I'm who he calls. And I've got his back or her back no matter what. And every single time, 
that is the most or one of the most value and precious possessions that person has, that relationship. So what they're saying is that's what makes me happy is that relationship. But that relationship was born in pain, grew out of pain, and maybe there's still pain now. But then they say, I would rather keep all of that, including the physical handicap that I've had for 30 years, than to not have that relationship. In other words, that relationship makes me happy in spite of all of the pain that has gone with it. In other words, I can either choose love or not to have the pain. I choose the love. Now that's how it really works. Among people who think it works by arranging their life circumstances the way they want them, they are arranging their life circumstances their entire life and they never find the thing that truly fills and satisfies them. Because it is not any circumstance. No circumstance can do that. It can do it for five minutes. Sometimes for six months. Almost never for more than six months. It cannot do it long term. The only thing that can do it long term is love, joy, and peace in your heart. And that always comes from pain. Now, not 100% pain. There's other stuff too. If the relationship wasn't great, you wouldn't want it, right? So there's a great relationship there, but also pain. Either it's already happened, or if we stay in this relationship long enough, it will. Um, back in 07, 08, 09, um, there was a pretty significant economic collapse, the biggest since the Great Depression. And I was seeing a lot of clients then who were worried and upset about money, okay? Uh, as so many people were. Banks were failing, all of that. People were lost their lifelong pensions. And um, I would ask them a series of questions, okay? Do you still have a roof over your head? you have somewhere to sleep at night? Well, yeah. You still have food to eat every day? Well, oh, Yeah. You still have a car to drive, even if it's not your fancy car anymore. Yeah, okay. And we would go on and on and on. And basically, with almost every single one of them, their life had not really changed any significantly. Okay, they still had everything they needed and more. They were just worried about the future. Well, we're told by studies over 90% of the things we're worried about never happen. But even if they do in life circumstances, you can still be happy when the thing does happen. You can have this internal happiness that's sort of a love, joy, peace, uh, and pain all mixed together in spite of your circumstances, just like the passage and the definition said. So, once we determine they, their life really hadn't changed any, then I would say, okay, let me ask you a question. Let's say we took your house, your life, your, just picked up your life. Your house, your car, your job, uh, family, everything. And we took your life over and put it in the poorest part of Ethiopia 
where people don't even know where their next meal is coming from. Okay, you got that scenario? Would you still be feeling the way you're feeling about what you have if you were in that situation rather than here? Ladies and gentlemen, 100% of them said it would totally change the way I saw my situation. Instead of feeling bad for myself that I don't have as much as I used to, I would be worried about protecting what I have because it's so much more than others. Totally different attitude, belief, thought, feeling, experience, okay? So when, you, when, when you're having happiness problems, in my experience, virtually every time you have a wrong definition of happiness, and you're trying to achieve it by ways that cannot give you lasting happiness. In fact, more of the time, they take you to unhappiness. And that is by arranging your circumstances and, and getting what you want, not getting what you don't want, getting more pleasure, less pain. What's in it for me? Okay? Most of those people never get to a place of real happiness no matter what their circumstances are. And let me tell you, that is fabulous. You can't even describe how that feels. Sure, someone close to you dies. Yeah, you hurt. You hurt like crazy. You may even, you may even hurt more. But that pain makes it all richer. It takes you if, you, if you deal with the pain in love and learn the lesson you're supposed to learn from this particular pain, it takes you to the next higher place in your life. And now you're a little more happier than you were before that person died, once you've recovered from it. Yeah, you may have a financial collapse, okay? Lots of people do. Abraham Lincoln went bankrupt about 15 times, all right? But your happiness is not about money, okay? And, and, and so if you have that collapse, the pain from that can take you to the next level in your life and take you to the next level even in a career success. Because now there's more to you. You're more solid. You're, you're going to be a better employee than you were before that happened, because you went through that in love and, and learning what you need to learn, applying it, and going up higher in your life. Okay? So, here's what Jesus said. Happy are you when you're slandered and people tell lies about you, when you're attacked, when you are a peacemaker, when you're poor in spirit or in other ways, when you're hurting and in pain, when you are humble. Humble does not mean inferior. It means you believe the truth about yourself. Okay? Not inferior or superior. Okay? Happy are you when you search for what is right. You don't just accept what your parents said. You don't just accept what the preacher says. That God doesn't have any grandkids. You have searched diligently 
for what is right and true in this world, about your worldview, about your purpose in life, the meaning of life, all of that. And as best you can, you'll never do it right, but as best you can, you're putting that into action and living that way. All right? You'll be happy if you do that. Blessed are the merciful, which means you've been wronged. And to the person who wronged you, you are being kind, forgiving, and merciful. So if you're not being kind, you're not being merciful, unhappy. And blessed are the pure in heart, who prioritize the internal heart, the internal state, the present moment in love, rather than the physical external circumstances, pain, pleasure, getting the end result that I want. In fact, happiness is about giving up the end result and being in a place of love, truth, joy, peace in the present moment. Um, Dr. Dan Gilbert wrote a best-selling book called Stumbling Into Happiness. They uh, did research on the campus at Harvard and the results of the study, these are Dr. Gilbert's words, not mine, expectations are a happiness killer. And what they observed is that the instant you have a physical external expectation or something in the future, it puts you into stress. Your brain pulls a stress switch. If you're already stressed, it spikes your stress. Okay? So the way to happiness is to give up expectation, to give up the end result, to give up this pleasure pain for me and it'll be whatever it is for me. And I will try my best to go through it in love and in truth, and I will try to learn the lesson I need to learn from that and move to the next higher place in my life, which really made it a good thing that that happened, not a bad one. Uh, as I've traveled around, I've asked most of my um, audiences, have you ever had anything happen that at the time you thought was bad, but later looking back, it was good. Or at the time you thought it was good, but later looking back, it really wasn't so good. Uh, to date, I've never had one person not raise their hand. What does that mean? It means we don't know what's best for us necessarily in the present moment. So we, the only way to deal with that, if you don't know what's best, is to deal with everything in truth and love, if pain comes, I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to endure through it, learn the lesson I need to learn here, and, and go to the next higher place in my life. All right? Uh, the longest study ever done on the human condition was done at Harvard. Uh, 75 years, 20, 25 million dollars to do it. Dr. George, Dr. George Valiant was the caretaker at Harvard. He wrote a best-selling book about it. The study concluded a few years ago. And the end result, a uh, direct quote from Dr. Valiant, happiness equals love, full stop. Full stop means end of discussion. That's it. Happiness equals love. No love, no happiness. Well, trying to arrange our physical and external circumstances and that being where your goal and focus 
are, what Dr. Gilbert calls expectation, that's not love. That's what's in it for me. So it shouldn't be surprising that that leads us, even if we have momentary celebration, to long-term unhappiness and something is missing. Okay? Where love in my heart, in the inward state, truth leads to love, which equals happiness. And what that means is that when you sign up for love, it's guaranteed you're signing up for pain. Any relationship, if it goes on long enough, you're going to experience pain. That's why there's a 50% divorce rate. People were not anticipating pain. They were picturing everything was going to go great. All right? When the pain hit, they're out of here. I didn't sign up for pain. I signed up for pleasure. Pleasure equals happiness. Pleasure equals good. Pain equals bad. So this is bad. I'm out of here. Only when you sign up for love, you are signing up for pain. And when that pain hits, you don't run. You don't attack. You deal with it in truth and love in the present as best you can. And you see... It's not that you like to be slandered. It's not that you like to be attacked. But it is an opportunity if you deal with it in truth and love in the present, in the inward state, in your heart, to go to the next level of your life. So in that way, if it takes you to a higher level of your life and character and integrity and happiness, it was better that it happened. Because you're at a better place now. Okay? Poor. Wow, yay, I'm poor. Mourning. Something bad has happened to me. Yay, mourning. We don't associate these things with happiness. But Scripture does. And says, when these things happen to you, and you're in pain, maybe through no fault of your own, be grateful. Be grateful. Why? Because of the end result that that's going to have in your life. Be glad and supremely joyful for your reward in heaven is great. And in this same way, people persecuted the prophets who were before you and Jesus himself, God's Son, and all of the apostles to come later after this um, sermon. So, the takeaway... Real happiness comes through pain, not by eliminating it. In fact, if you eliminate it, you may be eliminating your happiness. Now, I'm not saying go out and seek pain. It'll find you plenty of times. But when it comes, know that if you deal with this the right way, it can take you to a higher level, a deeper level of happiness than you've experienced before. So, I hope that changes your perspective a little because when something happens, we don't necessarily know now whether it's good or bad. That's why we, you treat everything in love and truth as best you can in the present. Giving up the end results to God. Giving up the pain and pleasure 
to God. Not my will, yours be done. If it means more pain, okay. If it means pleasure, great. Your will be done. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the way to happiness. Not by arranging your circumstances and pain and pleasure. It's a paradox. The opposite of what we would think will take us to happiness is what actually does. And the thing we think will take us to happiness takes us to unhappiness, failure, etc. So start today seeking and living the life, making the choices that lead, will lead, for sure, guaranteed, to your true happiness. Not momentary woohoo, but long-term love, joy, and peace, no matter what my circumstances. Thanks so much. Have a great day.